Welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Canon Podcast, episode 130. I'm your host today. My name's Ade. I'm here with the usual, Steve. Hello. Ife. Those good people. And Gids. Yeah. So, lads, how have you all been this week, man? How's life been for you? Yeah, it's been all right. Can't complain. What's all this energy? Like, the new, what's this like lack the of energy? Normal, isn't it? <clears throat> It's the new um, normal, isn't it? I'm equally anticipating football again. Yeah, it's Listen, stop asking about my personal life. Let's just talk about football. No one cares about my personal life. <laughs> no one cares about how I'm feeling or how I was feeling this week. No one cares. Do you know Let's what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop asking. I'm going to stop asking. Yeah, you please do. Do. You do. You do this every week. Yeah, please do. Yeah. You do this every week. People want to listen to what we think about certain things, you know? Yeah, they want... Like, why can't they get to know us a bit as well? Like, what's, what's, what's wrong with that? I don't want them to know how I feel. I don't want them to know. Okay, Gideon, oh. how are you feeling? How are you feeling? Let's, let's just... I'm good, bro. Yeah? <laughs> just calm, innit? <laughs> Anticipating football. <laughs> <laughs> All the generic responses that I would normally say, that's, 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 that's you, how I'm You're feeling. just playing football, do you say? I'm anticipating football. Oh, okay, right, okay. Uh, as as we've all said, um, yeah. we're, all, we're all anticipating it. So we've got three days left until the Premier League is back. Uh, first fixtures are who's the first match again? Sheffield, Sheffield United, Sheffield United, Villa, yeah. and Villa. After that, we've got Arsenal versus Man City, both in the same day. Um, Man City versus Arsenal. And what I said, sorry, sorry. They said Arsenal versus Man City. <laughs> You're annoying. You're annoying. Yeah, annoying. But yeah, um, how are we feeling, man? How are we feeling? Anticipating it, but are we excited? Are we nervous? Are we? Well, what's the emotions? Um, uh, for me, for me personally, it's um, as much as I'm a really diehard Arsenal fan and I love the club, I'm more so looking forward to just seeing football back again. So even if we actually t- we actually get smoked, which I kind of anticipate that we will, I don't think I'm going to be too angry. I'm not gonna lie. Like normally, when we get smoked, I'm very, I've got a lot to say. I'm very annoyed. I've got a lot to say about the players, but. I've missed football so much that I'll probably enjoy some of the football I'm going to see from C. And hopefully we can compete and we can try and play some good stuff. But from what I saw against the friendly against Brentford and obviously the lack of quality that we have in some parts of the pitch, I can't see anything other than a City win. But for me, I'm just looking forward to seeing football back again, man. And just having that buzz of like the build-up, the pre-match, the post-match, all of that stuff, the analysis. I just, I just can't wait, to be honest. It's funny how you... Um took all the negatives from the Brentford game but none of the positive from the charting but I guess it's natural though isn't it did he say that well, I what negatives did I say from from what you said from the Brentford game you said from what I saw from the Brentford game yeah from what I saw from the Brentford game <laughs> if we play like that against Man City there's, there's no two ways about it isn't it and yeah. we can play we can play how we played against Charlton and still lose so there's yeah, no, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I know, I'm not, I'm not, dis- I'm not disputing that, but it's just, it's just, it's just a bit funny how like, and it's not just you, it's like to me, I think most fans we do it in general, especially with like friendlies, we like we win a friendly game, like okay, yeah, that's it, it's just a friendly, then we lose, 
a friendly game to a team we shouldn't probably shouldn't be losing to, and then you're just like, oh, like obviously to be fair, like the manner which, in which we could see the manner of the goals, bro. Like, it's, it's terrible, but at the same time, like me personally, I didn't put a lot of stock into into um, friendly games. So yeah, the way I, I see like friendlies the way I see friendlies is if you're playing against a less opposition, you should be winning all of them games. Because they they also need the minutes just as much as the big team do. So why the why the hell are they beating you when they've got they're, they're probably rusty just as much as they are? So your quality should just shine through. Like you're better than them, just beat them in it. That's how that's how I look at it. Of course, there's other variables. You look at that, like, the type of goals we scored, did we look rusty? But first and foremost, I expect to see my team win. Then we look at the the variables of what's happened on the pitch, how we played. But to, to see us lose, I, 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 can't, I can't accept that. I can't understand that. So that's why I dwell on it a lot because that's not my expectation. So yeah, mm, that's fair. Uh, I think I, I echo Gideon's thoughts. I think um, I said it to Steve yesterday. Um, I don't. I'm. I'm not really. I don't care about Arsenal. Like, no, I don't care about Arsenal. But I'm not like buzzing to see Arsenal. I'm just buzzing to see football again. Like, it's been so long. Um, there's been a lot of talk, a lot of podcasts, a lot of whatever. And you know, I'm just buzzing. I'm just ready for it to be back. Fantasy football's back. Um, there's basically going to be a game every day or every other day, so yeah, I'm just I'm just excited for that really, and it's going to be interesting to see because I don't think we can um, like this season isn't this season anymore if that makes sense. So like you see, up until now we've had this season. This is now like a mini playoffs almost. Does that make sense? Yeah, because like no one's got form. No one's going to have form going into the games. Everyone's going to be in the same position. No one's played for ages. So it's, it's basically like pre-season. Like it's, it's like the season's just starting again. Yeah, so why is it like playoffs then? Because of what's at stake. Yeah, because of what's at stake. Like the Premier League's okay. basically wrapped up. It's basically a Champions League. But then champ- again, like, even, even though there is like a case, I, I don't... I'm like maybe I'm just being pessimistic or whatever, but I mm. feel like the the current top four are most likely going to get it. You know, I could get it though. Yeah, I, I, I definitely, I definitely think they they've got a chance, but I think me personally, I just think that it's probably going to stay the same. I but, if you if you look at United's games, I think they've got a very strong chance. Yeah, they've and, they've they've got the easy they've got the easiest run. Yeah, Pogba's back. Um, Rashford's back. They've got players back that they wouldn't have had. Before, yeah, that's that's true. I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't dispute that. I'm not saying they don't have a chance. I definitely think they have a good chance of getting it. But I just feel, I, I mean, like while they do have that, you've got, you could also put it on the flip side and say Pogba hasn't played in. Yeah, but no one has. Yeah, but like most players, majority of those players haven't played in like three months or so. Pogba hasn't played in almost like six months or something. Yeah, but he's going to be at the same. I don't. I I don't think. I don't think someone who's been out for six months is going to be at the same pace as someone who hasn't played in three months. Because like, whether like although they everyone hasn't played, there's still he's still got that six month. He's still got that extra three month or however month gap he was from when he last played till yeah. till now. Yeah. And then like obviously there's there's just different plus there's different variables like he hasn't played with Bruno yet. Obviously I, I, I'm I'm not I'm not saying I don't think it, it probably in in reality it probably will work. But I feel like. While they've got a chance, I don't. I feel like Chelsea should secure top four because mm. they're still in a good position. I don't know why you say that, you know. <laughs> I, like, I, 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 no, honestly, like, I just you're making like you're making it seem like 
Chelsea are like head and shoulders clear of. I'm not saying you're saying this. I'm saying the way you're saying it, like Chelsea are in a good position. Bro, it's only three points. So if Chelsea lose one game, Man United win one game, they're, they're level on points. And anything can happen mm. from there. So I don't expect Chelsea to go the rest of these nine games um, unbeaten. So they're probably going to lose points. It's up to Man United to capitalise. If they mm. beat Spurs, which they, they could, they, they beat them last season away, then it's game one. You never know. I think Chelsea's next game is Villa or something. Villa away, you just never know. I just feel like you can't say that the current top four, obviously it's your opinion. I'm not saying you can't have yeah. that opinion, but for me, the current top four is it's not set in stone at all because who knows? This Chelsea that's going to come back, bro, like, who even knows if it's still going to be the same? Who even mm. knows? Is Tammy Abraham going to score goals for them to win matches? Like, we don't even know the type of form. We don't know anything. And these are young players as well. This could have a good effect on them all back. We don't know anything. So mm. for me, it's all up in the air. I ain't got a clue. Honestly, I can't even say Man United are definitely not going to get it. And I can't say that um, Man United are def- um, definitely going to get it. I don't know what's yeah. going to happen. So. Wolves are there as well. Wolves are only five points off team. It's bad thing. Aren't, aren't Sheffield there with like a game in hand? If they win their game in hand. Sheffield as well. Like it's, it could get interesting. Any, anything could really happen. Anything could really happen. Spurs, mm. I, I highly doubt it. But they're going to have Kane back. They're going to have... Who else is out? Was Sun out? Yeah. Um, Sun was out. Uh, yeah. Um, and Dombele looks a lot, you know, well, he looks a lot slimmer. I don't know if that's anything to read into, but, you know, who knows? Who knows? Steve, how are you feeling, man? You haven't really said much. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know what to expect. Um, if Bundesliga is anything to go by, it seems as though, I think we said this a couple of weeks ago, the teams with the most quality seems to win the matches. Well, maybe an upset, but... That's what I expect to see. I expect to see that on Wednesday. I expect City to to deal with us. I don't know if they're keeping their friendlies behind closed doors or under wraps or keeping the media away, but I've not seen anything in regards to them. Either way, actually. That's a good point. Um, the only teams you've seen it from are us and United. And I think... Chelsea, Chelsea, Liverpool as well. Who did Chelsea play? I didn't hear about Chelsea. Chelsea played... I saw them play each other and then I, I, I saw... I saw um, them in a kit at a training. I think it was at Cobham. I'm not sure who they faced though. Oh, I didn't. I didn't know that they played any. And Liverpool beat, I think Blackburn six 0 at Anfield, something like that. Um, but yeah, I expect the teams with um, more quality to win the games. But let's see how it goes. Um, in terms of Champions League, Liverpool, sorry, United look like they've got the favourable fixture list. I know Chelsea still got um, Liverpool away. Uh, City at home. Analyze a few teams. So let's start with Arsenal. For the remainder of the season, what do you kind of expect from us? Do you think we'll finish in the European places? Do you think we'll get <laughs> Europa League, or what do you think, Steve? You start because you said obviously yeah. talking about Arsenal depresses you. So uh, <laughs> I think we should get. I expect us to finish in the top <laughs> top eight. <laughs> I expect us to finish in the top eight. Um, I know that sounds ridiculous, <clears throat> but. It's been a terrible season. Um, sorry, what was the first question you asked? 
What was the first question? I think I just said, what do you expect from us for the remainder of the oh, season? Oh, I just, I expect us to, I expect Arteta to have implemented his ideas. I'd like to see, we could see he was trying to do something. We could see the players were a bit tentative at times. Um, things weren't flowing as well as he'd like, but, you know, the way he was speaking in terms of like what the players were doing, you could see that, you know, things were starting to progress. I think our last game against West Ham, I remember speaking to kids about it recently, it was terrible, terrible performance. But it's always a good thing when the manager acknowledges that the performance wasn't good enough too, and Arteta did that. But listening to him speak um, with Sky Sports this week, he just said that these friendlies have been about getting um, giving minutes to players, getting them to try new things. So hopefully we see them things and they they uh, lead on to, to positive so results. For you, you just want to see a kind of continuation of Arteta yeah, implementing his... Yeah, his, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. Um, I'm, in terms of results, I've, I've got to be honest, I, do, I don't care. I don't care. I don't want Europa League, although we need it financially. I keep reading, but we need I don't it, care. Bro. Yeah, we, we do need it, but I, I, I don't want it. I, don't, I hate facing these random teams on first and watching them. For, I hate it. I'd rather just, just do league fixtures and cup fixtures, honestly, but um, let's see what happens. Fair enough. If they're good, you want to chime in? What do you expect to see from Arsenal? What's, what's going to be a good enough season for you? Um, honestly, I think I'm a bit I'm a bit similar to Steve's position. I'm not... I, I feel like, especially what Steve said about quality showing through, I feel like we should finish in the top eight or seven or whatever. And I think personally, I, I get what Steve is saying about not wanting to play those Thursday nights. But I don't mind it if it means that some of our younger players get minutes under the belt and stuff like that. And obviously the financial implications. But obviously like we need it. It seems that we do actually do need it financially. But I do, I do like seeing at least, because it's, it's some, at least it's some, it's, although it's like realistic, probably like four games or five or however many it is, it's good seeing like youngsters get like minutes, professional minutes on their belt. And mm-hmm. that could lead to them picking up form that like we've seen with Martinelli. Like he started off playing cup games and now up until a point he was playing in the Premier League. So that's good. Um, in terms of performance wise, I'm hoping that we see better, um, better performances from the team and more, I want to see more of an identity from the team. Obviously, I, to be honest, I actually think we should be playing better because like, um, like we said, with the break, I think with the, ex- with the exception of um, Callum Chambers, who who done his ACL, and even with that, he was he was probably not gonna be like a key member of the team. We've got everyone back. I think Torreira is in training, so he but so he will play again this season. So now that he, Arteta's got everything at the club at, at his disposal, I should see first of all an improved starting eleven and better performances, and. Um, yeah, I mean, like top four is a, it, while it's still possible, it's a massive long shot because of the team. There's too many teams above us, but hopefully, if we can finish the season strong and take some positive from what's been, it's probably it probably will go down as our worst season, like since probably the Premier League started. And why it is bad, I don't like. I mean, you take it on the chin that this is our obviously it's probably come at a bad point, but we've we've seen like the. Chelsea's and the United's and Liverpool's they finished seventh they finished eighth and stuff like that so it, it, I guess it happens but maybe the time of it is, isn't 
isn't this great? Kids, mate. Um, <clears throat> what I expect to see from Arsenal this season? Yeah, I expect us to. I expect us to be. I don't know. It's weird. I expect us to be kind of competitive, as in I feel like we we've had a little break. Arteta's had his time in the team, and I just want to see us be putting in performances against the teams that we should be putting in performances against. Especially now, there's no twelfth man. They're just playing against behind closed doors. I expect the quality of our players to be able to be some of the team. Like for example, we've got after C, we've got Brighton. Now I expect a performance. I expect to see identity, I expect to see a style of player and I expect us to beat them. And now the, the only reason I'm coming with this expectation is because, number one, we're playing them away, but they've got no fans. And we, for me, I feel like a lot of the small teams without fans, can, it, has, it will have an effect on how they play because they really rely on their fans to push them through. So now we're playing Brighton behind closed doors. It's like just playing at a training session, just inviting Brighton players to come down to um, the training ground and you, you play against them. Like I expect the quality players to just have too much for them. So I expect to see, I expect us to be competitive and I expect to see us show our quality and be beating the teams we should be beating. I don't want to be seeing no silly mistakes. I don't want to be seeing teams, like I don't want to be seeing City defending that like I'm seeing like someone like Neil Morpé going through David Luiz and putting it to, I don't want to see nothing silly. I just want to see, be professional and be beating the teams that we're beating and try and finish as high as we possibly can. I don't have any aspirations of us making the top four. I don't think we can. I think it's too far. But I think we should give ourselves a chance because we never know in football. Mm. The teams around us can go on poor runs of form and we could just maybe capitalise. It could be one of them silly seasons where no one deserves it, but somehow we get it. I want us to just try and win as many football matches as possible. And it sounds silly because, of course, that's what the team should be doing. Of course, they should be going out there to win as many football matches. But I just don't want no excuse. There should be no... I don't know if I'm making sense, but I just want us to just do what put we're supposed in the to best do. Pos- put ourselves in the best position yeah, to capitalise on do- any mistakes, basically. Yeah, and like what you're doing in training, I want to see that on a pitch. I want to see what Artas has been working with these players. I want to be seeing patterns of play. I want to be seeing um, us scoring goals. Of course, we're going to concede, but I just want performances to be up to scratch. There's no room for error. So, so for, that's, personally, that's personally what it is for me. So for you, like it's kind of counter what Steve says. Where Steve's more concentrated on the process and making sure like we're in good habits for next season you're saying you can you can concentrate on the progress on the progress and on the um progression that's the same thing yeah. you know what I mean but you can still get results from that that's basically what yeah and the reason why I'm a bit different to Steve I would have been actually forced what Steve is saying but because there's no fans now, like he alluded to, what we're seeing in the Bundesliga with just the teams that have a bit more quality than the other teams just shining through. Mm-hmm. That's what I expect from my team. I don't expect Brighton players with no fans to be beating my team. It's just, it just doesn't sit, it doesn't make sense to me. So, on, on the of fans course, play. it can happen. Yeah, go on. Okay. No, I was going to say, of course, it can happen. Of course, we could lose because football is a funny old game. Anything can happen. Mm. But if we're, to, if we're not performing well, at the very least, or showing our quality at the very least, then I'm going to have a problem with that. 100%. Okay. Fair enough. But um, you've been alluding to like there being no fans. Um, Paul Merson came out and said, I think it was on Sky Sports earlier in the week, that um, he believes that Arsenal defenders are really going to struggle with no fans. Because he's saying the crowd and quote on uh, air bubbles, you guys can't see it. He said the, the fans keep them honest. He's saying um, 
Oh shit. He's saying, um, oh shit, edit this bit. <laughs> that freebie. Um, fuck. He was, just, yeah. he was just saying that the fans keep him honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah he said he's saying that um without without having fans at the, the ground, that our defenders, they're just gonna be turned off. Like they're gonna be a bit switched off. Someone like David Louise too, on his day, you know, he's a good defender, but generally he's not the greatest defender. Not having fans there, he's gonna lose that concentration. Do you guys um agree with that sentiment or do you think that's just a load of bullocks? I think he's I think he's got a point, but then like you can easily counter that and say when um when there are fans he still makes mistakes so is there is there gonna be that much of a difference? And then and then plus and then you can also say as well, yeah David Louise isn't maybe isn't a great defender but okay maybe it's different with City, but even City you can say someone like Otamendi or Stones they they face the same problem. But put them aside when you let's say we face a Brighton mm. You can you can you can say the same you can say the same thing about about them as well. So I think it 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 will balance it. Everything will balance itself out in some sort of way. I, I honestly, guess. when I when I saw the quotes and Steve put it in the group chat, I thought this is like I understand where he's coming from, but we're talking about grown professionals. Like these these are big men. Like they're not they're not kids. Do you know what I mean? They know they've got a job to do. They know what they're playing for. I don't see how. You know, like, what does that fans, even mean? Yeah. Like, the fans keep you honest. Like, I don't really get it. Like, what are the fans shouting man on? on the, like, do you know what I mean? Like, I disagree. You still know you have a job to do. I disagree, you know. I'm not going to okay. lie to you. I disagree. I, I look at, yeah, because I look at Arsenal and, like, okay, like, when we look at our biggest games, you know some games at the Emirates here, yeah, the crowd are on it. So there's some games where you've played, like, Chelsea at home or, like, Man United at home, and you can hear the crowd that, like, there's no room for... Like, I feel like there's some sort of... I don't know how to explain it. Like, you know when we beat Man United 3-0 that time in 2015, yeah? yeah? There are yeah. some games, like, from the, the minute go, the way the fans are already, like, they're really excited, they're pushing the team. There's no room for ever. Everyone knows they've got a job to do, and they've got, like... I don't know how to put it into words, but they've got, they've got a job to do, and there's no room for ever, basically. And I feel like sometimes without fans, maybe these defenders, especially Arsenal players... Um, this, is not, this is not a thing for every other team, by the way. Arsenal players who have a tendency to lapse concentration, I feel like without having fans to hold them accountable, sometimes, like, David Luiz could just do something thinking, um, like, for example, like, you know when the ball gets played short, sometimes the fans will be like, ooh, or, yeah, like, clear it, or, and yeah. it will force the defender to do something about... Jaka is prior, I'm sorry to cut you off, Jaka yes. is the classic example of that. There's been so many times where I've watched the Arsenal game, and then he's got the ball and the fans are shouting, shoot. And obviously, like, we know he's oh, got shit, a nice yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just slaps it and he's just, yeah, just like, come yeah, on, yeah. man. Like, don't listen to them every time. But that, that, that's, that's, that's what, but that's what I'm trying to say. But even in, in the sense of a defending sense, like sometimes when we play it short or something, like the fans, the fans make the players realise that this is hot or I've got to get rid of this or I've got to do stuff. But with David Luby, sometimes he thinks he's better than he is and he'll try to do a little, f- he get dispossessed and it's in the back of the net. So on that aspect, that's why I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, okay, I can see where Paul Merson's going with this. I can see why he's saying this because sometimes the fans do help out and make the players know that they can't be doing certain stuff. But I get your point as well. These are growing professionals. They're professionals. Some of the players at Arsenal don't play. Like, bro, we know, we know we've seen this movie, innit? Like, some of the players at Arsenal, especially the defenders, 
they don't move like professional defenders sometimes. You see mistakes even a, after mistakes. There's even a counter argument to say that the fans not being there, there's less pressure on them. Do you get what I'm saying? Like maybe the pressure gets to some of the players. Like they're just getting getting abused. I, I don't know. I don't. Know. I, don't like, I don't even think that. Normally, Emirates is not known to be loud. Exactly. It's not even it's, known. It's not to, anyway. So, so, so that's what I'm saying. So there's there's hardly any pressure anyway. Like they sometimes play like there's no one there, yeah, yeah, and it's still too. So I don't know, man. I can. I, all I'm saying is I can see the point he was trying to make. Yeah, it's I, 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 I can, it's never fucks. But I can see what he was trying trying to say. Steve, what do you reckon? You, no, um, you brought it up. No, because like if David, someone like David Lewis, if he was watching that, like he'd be probably offended because he's, he's basically saying like. You guys are idiots. So basically, pretty much, like you guys can't do your job. The, the fans basically need to help you do your job. So I think they'll be offended by watching that. But I see why he says it because I don't believe. Well, actually, maybe David Louise would do something like that in a, in a real game. But the whole sort of vibe around these sort of matches where there's no fans in the stadium, they might be, they might feel as though this is this isn't a proper game, and they'll just try stuff like that. And yeah, I think he's got a point. I understand where he's where it's come from, but. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to read into that too much. I, I want to believe that the players, people like the coaching staff, hearing the coaching staff getting onto them and stuff like that will, will wake them up and make them realise what, what situation they're in. You know what I mean? Like an in-game experience. So, If anything, like there's another argument to be made that because there's less fans and because it's a lot more quieter, they're going to hear instructions straight yeah, from Arteta. Yeah. We know Arteta is a very vocal coach. Yeah. So if Arteta is saying, shore up, do this, do that, they're going to get the message yeah. a lot more clearer. Mm. So... It, it, there's fours and cons for both yeah. arguments. Fours um, and cons. You know, you know what I mean. Yeah. Man. I'm, I'm tired. Yes, I can't yes. even lie. Pros and cons. Pros and cons. that one. So, Ife, you wanted to talk a bit about Abamyan? Um, yeah. Just because obviously um, some quotes came out today and stuff, and I can't remember what quotes came out because I don't think I've seen any of them. You know, it's one that Steve posted. I swear. I didn't see them. What were they? Two seconds, mate. Um, were they direct quotes or was it just speculation? Uh, I think they were direct direct quotes. Yeah, because um, so he said, all players and competitors want to win titles. Everyone is going to ask the question, does he want to win them at Arsenal or somewhere else? As I said, the future will tell us. As I've said already, the club has the keys to this. I'm hungry to win titles and whatever my decision I intend to win titles. To fight to win titles. To be clear, nothing has been decided. So that's just a nice way of saying, like, uh, I'm out. He's not staying. Yeah, he's not staying. He's not staying. We've seen the story how many times. He's not staying. That title word, (laughs) that means I'm gone. It's a shame. Mm. Um, I saw... See, that the thing thing with Aubameyang that I questioned, like, I do feel like if you were to say, okay put money on what you think he's going to do, I would probably say he's, like, I would say he's going to leave. But when I think about it, part of me feels like, I feel like there's a bigger chance than we think that he could stay. Now, I do, I do know he said that the whole title thing, but kind of my question, my thought is, if he really did care about titles, why did he come to us in the first place? That's just, that's just my personal opinion on that. One, and then two, I feel like, Obviously, he's in a better position than like if he had like a couple more years on his contract, it would be a lot harder. But obviously, he has a year left, so if he says he doesn't want to stay, it would most likely mean that we'd have to cash out, cash out, um, cash out on him. Cash in on him. Yeah, we have to cash it, cash in on him. So um, 
But yeah, then then my question goes to like where could where would he realistically go? Where I feel like where he that suits the whole win titles thing. And I would have said PSG maybe, but obviously they've they've just signed um they've just signed a cardio on a permanent. I don't think Real Madrid I mean you never know Real Madrid they could do, but I don't I don't know if Real Madrid would want him. I don't think Barca, especially considering they've just paid a lot of money for Griezmann, who's their quote unquote striker. Bayern, I don't see it. Chelsea have apparently about to get Werner. United, maybe, but I don't. I feel like Oli wouldn't really want him. City, I don't. That's I don't see point, it. You know? I don't actually like, think of that. City, maybe, if they want to get. But Aguero, like although he's getting old, he hasn't shown any like progress or slowing down. I just don't see any. Like, maybe Inter Milan, if they get rid of Arturo, if they sell, just again Barcelona or Martinez as well. And then even if a club does want him, obviously they'd probably get a cut price still because he has a year left in his contract. But in terms of actual contract, like wages-wise, with a with a big club, would it really be sensible play like paying what in the excess of three hundred k for? Why he's a top in the world class striker? He's what thirty mm. now? Is it like I, I don't know? Like when we're you still look in, at, we're still in Corona times as well, so the. What clubs may have been willing to pay before coronavirus, they may they may actually not be able to pay now. So that's a very valid point. I didn't actually think of that. You know, I yeah, don't know who can, I, I don't know. Who I can so, so like to me personally, then like it may sound like a joke or anything, but then there's that whole like it seems like he he does enjoy like living in London. Like you see, like he loves the flashy cars. He loves this. Like if you, if you see his Instagram, you see like his little videos when he goes shopping and stuff. So. I feel like I don't. Sounded a bit. I, like I don't. I don't know. <laughs> Flashy cars. What's that got to do with anything? Huh? How do you say that? It's just. It's just. It's just an aspect. Like of, he like he likes to live a lavish lifestyle. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not criticizing it. I'm just saying it's. It's just true. If you, if you see when you see a Bamyang, he's like throughout his whole career. You've seen he's always had like a flashy car. You've seen him in the in the white um, leather jacket. I mean, in the white fur jacket. You see, like he's, he's a flashy guy. There's nothing wrong with that. But I don't, yeah, like I said, I don't I don't know. I just don't see I see it too. But I, I just think this is down to Arsenal once again. I saw somebody tweet. I think it was AFC Camden. Um, he tweeted that over the last ten years, our best players. I think he listed Ozil, Sanchez, Van Persie, Fabregas, uh, Abamian, Nasri, Nasri, another one that they've they've all wanted to leave for the same reason. Like it's it's down to us as a club. I don't know if, like you said, if uh, I don't know what you said. You question why Bamian came to Arsenal if he wanted to win titles. Maybe he was told, yeah, okay, we're, we're signing you. We've signed Lacazette. We want to sign a couple more top players because we want to. At the time, we had the whole structure thing in place, in it. We had Sven. We had, yeah. you know, like it, it looked like we were about to do something. Mickey, Mickey was coming in, so Bamian was probably looking at thinking, oh, okay, yeah. these are top players. So. Maybe they're trying to do something. And then all of a sudden, we completely change what we're doing. Um, we're promoting youth, which is great. But he's probably looking at thinking, ah, oh, like I'm, I'm yeah, 31, yeah, 32. Yeah. This isn't what I originally signed up for. So I get it both ways. Think, like, we, we, were, we, like, we were even playing Europa. So like, while, while, you, while you, you do make an argument, like we were playing Europa. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's we were playing bit, Europa. Like, ultimately, but, sorry to cut you off. <laughs> But yeah, so ultimately, I think if we had or were playing Champions League football, it would he'd probably settle for that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. 
I agree with that. I agree with but, that. Just saying. Right, that. lads. Um, let's let's come off. Okay, sorry. How really me? Did you have anything to add on Abamia? No. No. To be honest, I don't no. have anything to add. You know. No. Fair play. Fair but play. It's just the whole situation is just annoying me. So yeah. I don't really like talking about it. Ask let's, questions. Though. Yeah. Do you think there's anything Arsenal could have done in this situation? What with a Bamian situation? Yeah. No. No, nah, there the isn't because when it came to two years, they've, that's when they tried to start opening negotiations with him. And he just, he's just been stalling us. He's just been stalling us. So, no, nah, there's not really much we could have done with this situation, but we... I don't understand, I don't understand how Arsenal expects our best place to stay with no kind of like ambition or showing the... the players that this is what we're trying to do because it seems to be the same old story like the quote you just read that um oh it's in the hands of I think I read it actually he said it's it's in the hands of Arsenal or it's down to Arsenal the keys are with Arsenal something like that what was he referring to because if the keys are with Arsenal that's what wanted to sign it so it's obviously not that simple it must be about something about the ambition or where are we going or what are we trying to achieve are you try, are you going to sign these players in this position are we going to strengthen here maybe that's what he's talking about like, for me to commit myself I need to have some sort of reassurances that you guys are going to try your very best to get us challenging at the top and I don't think we're doing that so he's thinking mm-hmm. I can't I can't I can't um, sacrifice my my prime years pretty much he's getting to 31, 32 he's got a couple years left at the top and then that's it and he's not won anything I think the biggest trophy he's won is the German Cup for someone that scored so many goals, he, he he could go outside. So from his perspective, I can see where he's coming from. I can see why he doesn't want to commit himself. But it's just very frustrating that Arsenal keep doing... How can you keep doing the same thing and not change and expect different results? I just don't understand. It's just very frustrating. Definition of insanity, mate. You keep doing the same thing. But anyway, um, yeah, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on to um, another London club. We um, obviously, if you missed our last podcast, or was it our last podcast, we discussed the Chelsea one, one before last. Podcasts. Yeah, one before last. Go listen to that. Um, get our thoughts on who we think the biggest club in London is. But anyway, we're going on to Chelsea now. So it seems as though they're making quite aggressive moves in the transfer market, and um, you know they've already. It seems as though the Timo Werner deal was done. They've hijacked that from Liverpool, who were in prime position to buy him before coronavirus. It seems as though they now want um, what's his name? Oh, this Ben Chilwell from from oh. Leicester. Yeah, they they're linked with him. Um, have Havertz? I haven't seen the Havertz talk. Are they linked with him? Yeah, they're linked with him as well. Kai linked Havertz. with Kai Havertz from Leverkusen. Yeah. So it seems as though um, they're trying to do something. To be honest, Champions League football is very important to them. So what? What do we think about this Chelsea side? Like, what is what's your thoughts on all this? Obviously, they've got Zach as well already, who's coming in. When is no. he actually coming see, in? See, when, when you when you when you, I think he's coming in at the end of the season. I'm not sure exactly when now because it's, it's all messed That's up. That's what I'm thinking. There. Yeah, okay. But to it's be fair, the is done. Yeah, theirs is done. So really, yeah. So he could he could come first July. If they're still. I don't oh, even know if they're gonna. He won't be able to. Oh no, he won't be able to play. He won't be able to. He won't be able to play now. Yeah, they can't re-register players. So I think. Um, yeah. I Do you know what it is? Go on. It's because it's it is mainly because of his age. Because if he was like under twenty-one, I can't remember why. Um, obviously, Ornstein said the whole reason why Saliba isn't probably going to play this season. But realistically, like on paper, from my knowledge, Saliba probably could have played. 
like you know, obviously you have to, you don't have to unregister under twenty one players. Yeah, that stuff. So oh, yeah. Um, Chelsea. Sorry, yeah, like when when you, when you were just listing off Chelsea, like what they're trying to do and stuff. Mm. Chelsea, this is this is a team that has ambition. This this is what I'm talking about when we're talking about the Bamek situation because Chelsea mm. are also a team that was fluctuating in the Europe. They got into the Champions League and they're fighting for top four. But I think everyone can see the ambition that Chelsea's ambition is not to be a top four team. They're mm. trying to do something. They're trying to try and break the two big giants at the top. They're trying to mm. break into that. Like they did when it was Arsenal and United. They're trying to do that again. So that is what Chelsea are about. That is the ambition. That's what they're trying to do. Now, sorry to just go back to Arsenal, but I'm just trying to relay it to the fact that this is the things that Arsenal are not doing, but then you want to keep the best players. And talking about Chelsea, yeah, I think I think I think they mean business because they're buying players that I don't even think they need. <laughs> why are they why are they linked with covers? For what? Man's got Zayat coming in, yeah. So and and they've got Zayat coming in. They've got Pulisic already. That's occupying one side of the pitch. They've and got Mount. Yep. Yeah, they've got Tammy in with and they're bringing in Werner, Zayat, and Loftus Cheek is there. Br- br- like I, f- I think, think they're trying to. No, but look, but look huh? at the, look at the profile of players they're bringing in. Look out, they're young players. Yeah, young yeah. players. You can see they, they you see what have... you see. Yeah, you can see what they're yes. trying to do. So. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, sorry, kids, continue. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they're trying to like. I think they're trying to replace a lot of the deadly board, like Willie and Pedro, yeah. the guys that are getting on Giroud. So I can understand that they're trying to trying to get rid of them and replace them with fresh young talent, but it's too much. Like, if if they get Havertz and then they get Zayek, Broski, who plays, and they've got already got Loftus, who plays, and they've got missed. I think I think it gives them options. It gives them options. It gives them and, options. And, they can play the four three three, and then they can convert to the four two three one whenever they want. Let's not Sancho, you know, like that's not a problem for them. But if they want to get Sancho and they're serious about, it, they can get him. So yeah, um, on Chelsea, like you said, Steve, it's quite obvious that they're going for the young squad. I've heard on, um, I've heard from the Athletic that it seems as though next season they want to be challenging. And then the season okay. after that, that's when they're at... No. Is it next season? Yeah, they want to get their players in this season. They want to get top four, obviously. It's very important. Next season, they want to be challenging. And then the season after that, they actually want to be getting silverware. And okay. um, a Chelsea correspondent, I can't remember his name, forgive me, but he said something like, this is one of the best transfer windows they've had since, I think it was 2014. Was it 14 or 15? When they got... Um, Oh, Diego Costa and Fabregas. Costa, Fabregas. Felipe Luis. Felipe, something like that. But basically, something like that, yeah. They're basically saying, like, Chelsea are... They, they want to do something. They want to be back to where they were. And they're going to obviously back Lampard in the transfer market in order to do that. Um, Chilwell was another name that we mentioned. And it seems as though Leicester... The stance from Leicester is they don't want to sell him. But if Chelsea come in with a bid and they meet the valuation price of about, I think it was quoted around 50 million, at least 50 million, then they'll let him go. Leicester obviously are a club where for the past few seasons, they apparently, what they do within their hierarchy is they earmark at least one player to leave. So we saw it when Kante left that year. I think Mares left another year. Obviously they got um, big money for Harry Maguire last year. So Leicester are very they're very prepared to let him go if the price is right. 
So that could be another thing. And Chilwell, apparently he wants to go to Chelsea. He's got um, great respect for Frank Lampard. Obviously, it's a, it's a young English core, so he'll fit right in. So I, I think it makes sense. I think it makes sense. Um, I think top four is very important for them. I think it's equally important for them and Man United in terms of going forward because Man United, they need that aura back. They need that... They need that how can I word it? They just need that respect back around Europe. Do you know what I mean? I think in terms of money, they don't. They probably don't need it as much as other clubs do. But if they want to be respected, United need it. But then if Chelsea want to fulfil their ambitions, they're going to need that top four place as well. So yeah, no, yeah. I hear what you're saying. I think it's exciting. I mean, we've got to bear in mind that they didn't spend any money last or the last two windows. So maybe they've been saving up for this that's a good point but then you say that but they kind of haven't because when they got the ban they um, what did they do they made Kovacic permanent which cost them like 50 something I can't remember how much it was but it was a bit 50, of money around 50 and then to be fair like how much did they pay for Ziek? like 30 27 yeah, so, I mean like to be fair they haven't paid that much they didn't pay that much for Ziek, but they paid but still let's say 80 million, that isn't a lot. What over is, is that over four windows or two windows? Four, isn't it? I think it's four. Is it four? Hello? Hello? I think I think it's three, isn't it? Something like that. Yeah, so summer, was it January summer? Yeah. What so was it the summer? So it was the summer. So it's two. So summer, summer. Or was it? Is it? Was it summer January and this summer they've they're yeah, okay now? Yeah, I think so. Oh, yeah. so it's two. So it's two yeah, windows. Two yeah. windows. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I guess eighty million is better than, let's say, if they spend a hundred or whatever. So, yeah. they're in a good position there. So, but then again, yeah. like the only sorry, just to finish off, the only downside downside you can probably not downside, but the only kind of thing you can look at is. They're going very young, and especially for their like when this if they do get Werner on that goes through, the oldest person in that like potential front three, front four would be like Ziek, and he's what like 27, 28, or however however old he is. And is even this that is, I don't think he's that old. No, he's like he's 20, old. I think he's like 27, which isn't that old either. But then this is also his first season playing in like a top five league. So I don't, I don't know, like. Obviously, they've got bags of talent like Cho and Werner and that Tammy and all of that, but I don't know, man. Oh, he's 27, yeah. Right. Um, the other team, the last team I wanted to touch on was Man United. Obviously, um, their, their season's been a bit strange, hasn't it? Because it's just been a bit of a weird one. It seems as though they managed to pick up on a bit of form. Obviously, they've got a lot of talent there. They've got a lot of expectations. There's a lot of hype. They've got the Rashford, Martial, Greenwood trio, who, you know, their fans are expecting a lot from. They've got Pogba and Bruno um, Fernandes, who started very well. Obviously, the two haven't played together on the same side. Fred picked up some form this season. He's been very solid. McTominay's there, does a job. Um, are we buying the hype? Giz, I think you're probably the best to start with because I know you don't hear Ole Gunnar Solskjaer as a manager. You um, often refer to him as Ole. So um, I think yeah, I think your best to start us off. I'm not buying the hype. 
No, like, no, because seriously, now I speak, I've spoken to a lot of Man United fans. Like, I've had a lot of conversation with my brother here, yeah, and the way he's talking about United, bro, like, as if they're going to do a, mad, a madness. And it's just because Bruno Fernandes is coming to the. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Bruno Fernandes is a very good footballer, and I think he's a top player. By this hype of their couple signings away from challenging for the league, or they're gonna get top four, or I, I just no, because I've seen. I always say this on this pod, yeah. I've seen top players at Manchester United, bro. I've seen better players than these players that we're talking about, and mm. they're still managed by Ole. Maybe if the manager was a bit different, maybe if the manager was a bit different, and they had like. I don't know. I don't trust. I don't trust. You know what? Do you know what? With well. with Oli, yeah, with Oli, we have to give him his credit because in big games, he's done the business. He's done the business in big games. He's done the business, man. But man, you know, I've been doing that. Yeah, but like, you're saying sorry, you're saying like, Oli. You're saying Oli, but he he hasn't been as like he's been okay. He's been okay. But they he went there one that's true. Only went man, like that's true. But Man City, Man City haven't beat them this season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that so, can in it. That can that can. Nah, man, I'm not having it, man. I'm not having it. I'm not having it. I hate all of that. I hate Man City ain't beat them, but Man City ain't been the best team this season. <laughs> yeah, but they're still second best like, in the in the Premier. If Prem. it was Liverpool, <sighs> so Man City, come on, man, give him his credit, man. Credit for what? No, no, honestly, I'm a, I'm a person that would like to give... What am I actually giving him credit for? I don't think the job he's done has been as bad as we we like to make up. Do you know what I mean? He's not been Man United's best manager, no way. But Bro, well, in recent I years, you only, he's building something. Well, only, you, can, you can see they're building something. Would you disagree? If that's it, if, I disagree, man. I'm sorry. Like, I disagree. I don't think that he's taken him anywhere. I don't think he's... Like, Man United are a good run of form right now. This happens every year. That's why I get so frustrated. Man United are looking good right now. They have a period every single year where they look good. It will all come tumbling down. Okay? It happened last season when Oli first came in and they were just beating everyone. They beat Spurs away. They beat PSG. They came to buck us. We beat them. And then after that, they fell away. It happens. Man United have this period where they look good. Everything, they feel good factor on that. Maybe with the no fan stuff, they might end the season strong. But after that, I don't believe Man United... Maybe if they get some proper sign like Sancho and really strengthen, maybe. But I'm not buying the hype as of now with all this Bruno Fernandes talk. I'm not buying it. Okay, I'm not on that band. I'm not. I'm not that fearful of them either. I can't lie to you. So that's just my feeling about it. I still think they're stronger teams than them in the Premier League. So, from, like a, from yeah, a tactical point of view, they've stumbled across this five-three-two where they've made the two forwards like split split strikers, and in transition they're very good. They've got a good foundation. They counter attack very well and they get joy from it. And it's happened. It's worked well in the big games. But with United, yeah, but when when they have the ball, like when they're against team low blocks, that's, still that's, not that's, and that is the foundations of United. Like most of the time, Steve. What, what? Sorry, just a cut off. But what you're talking about? That's not new. No, that's not, not new. No, that's and that's my point. So what is it that now we're moving like Man United are doing stuff in the No, that's that's, that's what I'm, I'm I'm with you here. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, I'm saying, okay, okay. Well, if Oli can find a solution, if I can see Oli. If I could see United with a, a, an offensive an offensive pattern of play when 
they're the dominant team when they have the ball, when I can see patterns happening, then okay, fair enough. I saw Gary Neville tweet, oh, um, I don't know why fans are starting to question why Pogba and Bruno can't play together. I mean, City have made it work with David Silva and Kevin De Bruyne. No, but the levels oh. is different, bro. Bro, the levels different, and they've got a coach that's made it work. They've got a coach, yeah. You don't just throw him in. He's so stupid sometimes, even though he's, he's very intelligent, but he says dumb stuff sometimes. But like, I think there needs to we need to see more tactically before we go. Yeah, before we start getting. It's, 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 for for me, it's very easy. No, no, no. Let me take that back. Not very easy, but it's it's it's. It kind of forces your hand when you're playing these bigger teams because you have no choice but to counter-attack and play on the break with these fast plays that you have because he can't go toe-to-toe with Manchester City trying to keep possession, like press, like how that you can't because you will lose. But he understands when he's playing these big teams, he's got players that can hurt them. And that's what they do very well because of the personnel. So I give him his credit for that. But when it comes to the lower teams that put six behind, um, six man or two backs or four in front of the, the goal, what is his plan? How do they break them down? Is it always moments of magic from an individual player that's going to work? Or is it... Are they maybe going down the flanks? Or is it like maybe overlapping? Is there something like underlapping? What is it? Is it tick attack around the box? Is it... Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't see yeah, anything from Oli. I don't see anything. And, it's, and there's no consistency when they're playing these small teams. They can go beat Burnley away and then they'll lose to Burnley at home. And we're thinking, wait, what? Why? This is what we've seen over the season. So... I'm not, I'm not I'm not buying the hype until I start like Steve said start seeing a consistent run of them being able to beat these teams with a certain style then I can start do you know what I mean but other than that nah I'm not having it the same it's even with yeah, Spurs man. as well that's how I feel about them as well and Mourinho but we'll move on to that one later um, yeah, pers- personally I don't I'm a bit I'm a bit with I'm a bit on both sides if I'm being honest because I do kind of agree with what both of you have said but I feel like when I when I look at it objectively and when I look at it purely on paper, I can understand the hype. Because that the blue that the blueprints, the blueprints are there. So I laid them out. So you've got um obviously we can de- like we can debate on how if um De Gea has declined or not, but he's still he's still a good keeper. He like I I think he has, but he's still he's still a good goalkeeper. You've got a solid you've got a solid back four there in what Wambasaka, Maguire by Lindelof like obviously they they have their moments where they can mess up and stuff but you've got you've got a solid like you've got a solid foundation there obviously the midfield now we don't know if Pogba's going to leave or not but you've got the two quote unquote like flary creative players in Bruno Fernandes and Pogba then you've got the hard working nitty gritty players in McTominay and um, Fred and then up front you've got um, I feel like they're lacking a bit there but in, in terms of like bent, they're a bit light. But you've got Rashford, who's obviously had a he's had a very good season. You've got Martial, who he's he's like he's he's having he's having a good season. He's looked better than it's just probably one of his better seasons. And obviously you've got Greenwood, who, Greenwood, who looks like a he looks like he's he's going to be a, a really good player in the future. And obviously you've got Agüero on the bench. We don't know if we're going to keep him or not. But then like they're keeping so, him, they're keeping him. I mean, I, 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 I mean like I mean like past. The end of the season. Mm. So obviously there you've got you've got nice you've got nice foundations there. Then you've got you've got Oli like yeah we don't we don't really rate his managerial credentials yet. But one thing that he's been consistent at is in the big games. And like like we saw with Klopp when I'm not trying to compare the two, but when what what we saw with Klopp when he first came into the league of Liverpool, 
even with the players he had and with worse talent, the big games, they always, maybe it's because of the history of Liverpool, but in the big games, they always performed well. It was the, it was the Bournemouths and the Norwich that they, that they struggled against. And then he and managed to, and, and he managed to work it out. And right. so I, I get, I get, I get why this hype, because there's, there's, there's stuff, there's stuff there to, there's stuff there to get excited about. But then on the, on, on the flip side, like, I don't, I, I don't know, like, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in agree with, with you, but then again, you don't really, I feel like it's not simple, but it can be really simple. If Oli just says, okay, like with, okay, me, if I was, if I was a manager and with those pieces I've got there, I would say, okay, I've got really, I've kind of got quite a balanced side, a side that should be able to do both. So a side that should be the control games with someone like Pogba and Bruno I've got I've got willing runners in behind. I've got fast players up front. I've got a good defense, so like a good defense. So he should realistic realistically say, okay, what our plan is, we're gonna try it. We're gonna copy like Liverpool a little bit and be like a good physical running team. We're gonna press teams, and that's how we're gonna beat these lesser teams. We're not gonna give them any time on the ball. Even when and when they sit back, we've got players like Pogba and Bruno who can pick players out, get players running. So like he like he he just needs to formulate that, and I I don't think. I don't think it's hard. I don't think what he has to do to get United that there is, I don't think it's hard. But mm. the, the only thing I question, like, I think I said this at the beginning of the season and to be fair, like they, they proved me wrong. I said, I said, I don't think United were going to get top four because they have, they, they'd have to rely on too many, like too many things to go well. Not, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not even in that. Like I said, Rashford, Martial, they're, they're going to have to have, very good oh, seasons. Yeah, yeah, they can't just have all right seasons. And yeah. to be fair, they haven't. They're having good seasons. So, I guess that that aspect of it, the consistency aspect of everything, is the biggest factor for United. But on paper and the way everything looks, mm. it looks like they've they had they do have something there that they can put together. I think you can even say more so than Chelsea, if we're being honest. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Sorry, sorry. Like I'm, I'm not feeling it. <laughs> sorry, the right is annoying me. I can't lie. I'm not done. <laughs> sorry, if it just, to, just to you know, yeah. he was reading off the team with the the hair yard, the back four, and all that's nice, and uh, yeah. top is nice. Like, do you feel like that's a reason for why my United fans are getting excited? And like, was that the point you were trying to make? I don't want to put Murs in your mouth. Yeah, because I thought that's how it came across to me. Oh, it is. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so. My, my my only question is like what is no it's not I'm not even trying to get onto anything but like what is the difference between that team and when we look at a team like Spurs who potentially have a really good blueprint as well have arguably a better manager have a really good a decent goalkeeper I don't yeah anyway good back for back four nice midfield good attacking wingers and a top striker so at that point like why is that not the same. Is it not just Man United fans just being Man United fans, or is are we just are they just are Man United that actually that good? That's like my point because the team is not like sick, sick. Like it's good, yeah. it's a good blueprint, it's a good foundation, but it's not it's not something we ain't seen before. Mm. I think to the reason the difference is um, with Spurs. I feel like on paper it's it doesn't it doesn't seem as nice, especially like player wise, because you've got you've got. Larice, okay, before he got injured, he was even the game he got injured against Brighton. We saw yeah, the, yeah, yeah. He's, 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 he's not my he's not my favorite exactly, type of exactly, yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. like okay, like you got he, that like but he's a comp, he's a, he, he's a yeah, good goalkeeper. He's, like, yeah, he's he's, yeah. he's still a good goalkeeper, but like it's it's not the same. Then their back four 
it was good a couple of years ago. You've got you've got um, one aging out of viral with a Tongan. Davidson Sanchez hasn't really lived up to that. That Aurier is there. Like their back four isn't uh, their midfield. It should like like you said. Them them I, I do agree. Their midfield. Harry Winks and Dombele. Yeah, on on paper it looks good. They just haven't performed the season. So if I don't think they need to really address. Maybe they can replace Ericsson as that kind of like final ball create creative proper creative guy type um player like that so you can say that but even but then their their front three uh, yeah it's 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 nice it's it's nice obviously you've got Kane you've got Son you've got Bob Wine that we don't he's he's looked good so far but we don't really know if he's gonna it's not just nice it's better than Manchester United's that's for sure front three yeah yeah, you can say that, but I feel like the differences with Spurs. I think, I think, like I said, it's it is United fans being United fans, but it's also reputation as well. That like Spurs, like they've had, we've seen them have nice teams, but like even when they had Poch at his at his peak, but it's it's never like really it hasn't really like even even when I look at Spurs, maybe it's because I'm an Arsenal fan or cause in my head I just think it's Spurs. But when I when I look at Spurs, I'm like, Ugh. and then even that Mar- <laughs> like even Mourinho, like. I'm just like, uh, like, yeah, I mean, yeah, they've got nice pieces, but do I trust Mourinho to put it all together, especially knowing the way Mourinho likes to play? Whereas, like, maybe because Oli's a bit more of a mystery, I could say no, that, but I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know. But I feel like on like on paper, you're right. Spurs, they do look, they look all right, but I don't think they look as good as, as United. Fair enough, mate. Maybe I'm just being a hater. Isn't plus, it? plus, 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 there's... Plus there's, the money. Plus there's the money there's, there's the money aspect as well Where you could say like Realistically Even in this climate United can go into the window And say okay We want a new left back We're going to get that We want another striker Who doesn't mind like Playing backup Or is going to be our starter They can get that They can say we want a right winger They can get that Like they, they can They can fix like That's why I think I think we, we said it a lot of times I thought I don't understand how United have been this bad For so long Because they've got A lot of money They have a lot of money Like This Like this should have been fixed Bro, the money is not the answer The money is not like, the answer and, and then they get, They've been like, throwing cash Yeah exactly That's that, that's what I mean Like they Like they should Like United shouldn't be this bad Up until now Like realistically Put if you if you put competent people in the United um, boardroom and everything like that, United should have been good. Like, and it should have taken them like two years max to have a good team again because they, they've got the money. They've got the money to go out and do it and identify what they need. But it's just been like it's it's, it's so it's just don't it don't make sense to me. But maybe it's harder than I think. But I I I honestly feel like with United, it's it's not hard to be good with them. Like it's literally not hard. We like obviously I'm not going to compare it, but. You literally see whenever someone gets like um, like Man United on like FM or like a FIFA manager, it's it's just like it's just simple. It's just simple, isn't it? Like you identify the players you want, you go get them. Yeah, that's and you that's, what, make that's what we thought with Arsenal a few years ago. We thought, yeah, we're, we're only a few like. Only a few the thing is, but but, but we, we've been strapped for cash, so like okay, that's yeah, what, fair, like, yeah fair, that's fair. that's the difference. But fair enough, right, lads. Um, right, lads. So the last topic that I wanted to bring up was um, Black Lives Matter. Obviously, given the current social climate, I think it's very important to speak on this on these issues. As you know, um, us as a platform, we've never shied away from these topics. Whenever race has come up in football, you know that you'll hear our opinions on it. So, um, in the game itself, the Premier League are saying that players' names will be replaced on the back of their shirts with Black Lives Matter for the first 12 matches of the restarted season. Um, 
It also says here that the Premier League will also support any player who chooses to take a knee before or during matches. Um, we've seen this week that um, Raheem Sterling, who's been very vocal on race issues within, within football, has come out and said, I think he said something along the lines of, um, we've seen opportunities given to Gerard. We've seen opportunities given to Lampard, both top players whilst they were playing for the team, um, for the, or whilst they were playing in the game. Whereas we've not really seen the same opportunities afforded to maybe a Sol Campbell or an Ashley Cole. He said that, um, and this is me, I'm just paraphrasing, I can't remember. You said, said this, sorry? Word. Raheem Sterling. Oh, okay. He's saying like, when Sol came into the game, and this, I'm just paraphrasing, he may not have said this word for word, but like Sol came into the game and obviously he had to kind of work his way up. We saw um, Gerard went from Liverpool under 23s to Rangers, a big job. We saw um, similar instances where Frank Lampard, obviously he did manage at Derby, but he's now been given a Chelsea job. So he's made, he's brought light to that. Um, Andy Cole's recently come out and he's made statements saying that, you know, you can't ignore what he's done in terms of the game. Whereas he hasn't been given the same opportunities as maybe other players. Um, so yeah, lads, I basically I'm, I say all of that to say this. What are our thoughts on what the Premier League are doing? Is that is it enough? Is it a step in the right direction? What more do we want to see them do? Yeah, uh, Steve, Maybe. you're nodding. Do you want to start? No, in terms of like, in, uh, is this a step in the right direction? 100% because in years gone by, we probably would have seen like a, I don't know, maybe a minute silence before each game, one weekend, and that would be it. But for them to actually replace the names of players on the, on the shirts with Black Lives Matter, I mean, talk about spreading awareness, that, that's big. Mm. Um, take a knee, knee as well. It's just about spreading awareness. That's that's what the Premier League can do. Obviously, there's a lot more they can do in terms of how, their own outfit, but spreading awareness of the what this is about, then yeah, 100% that's a step in the right direction. I, I'm, I'm very happy about it. Sorry, there was also something I wanted to bring up that I did forget. Um, Jolene Lescott went on, I don't think I brought this up on the pod last time, did I? Jolene Lescott went on the Beautiful Game podcast. I'm shouting them out every game, but I mean every podcast, but when the quality is so good, how can I not? So, um, he went onto their platform and he expressed that there was a racist incident during his career, during his playing career, where it didn't make the media, it didn't make the mass media. They went to, um, what happened? I can't, remember, I can't remember word for word what the issue was. Go listen to that um, episode from them and you can find out exactly Turkish, what happened. I think what a Turkish player, a Turkish player. Yeah. Something along them lines. I think him and Tim Howard both heard it. They did. Um, they went to a trial. They did everything, and I think the player was found not guilty or, or something like that. Even though he so, apologized to them after the game, so he acknowledged exactly. that he racially abused uh, someone. But exactly. So, yes, yeah, there's been issues. There's been problems. We all know what's been happening. We've seen the issues with Sterling. We've seen what the media are like, where they like to bring light to, you know, flashy black players and you know it's, it's, it's ridiculous so yeah sorry I just wanted to bring that up the Joni Nescott example I forgot about yeah. that one uh, Gilles, no. if, uh, do you want to go on Steve? No in regards to the Sterling one uh, in terms yeah. of like Frank Lampard Gerard, uh Saul Campbell Ashley Cole I, I don't know if he spoke to them personally I know Frank Lampard got the derby job initially I know that was a big shock to everyone because he'd never managed before and it was a big 
big club that he's going into, a big job that he's going into. But he got that because of his links with uh, Harry Redknapp. Harry Redknapp told the Derby owner to take a chance on Frank Lampard. So okay. in that sense, it's a sort of who you know sort of thing. And I know Rangers and Liverpool have that sort of same sort of same sort of. We, we can't say that we can't say that someone like Sol Campbell was included up in the game. That's the one that I have an issue with because Sol Campbell, one of the best defenders that we've seen in in this country for a long time, some had to start. Say like, yeah, some people say the best, but he he started off at Macclesfield. Mm. That's a disgrace. Like, how is he not mm. getting a job higher up? He's now mm. at Southend and they've got relegated because the season's done. So he's going to start the season, next season in League Two. This is Sol Campbell we're talking about. And this is somebody managing a club that's not, he doesn't even know the league. Like you normally get managers that know the league. He doesn't know the league. So it's never really, I I know he's taken a job to try and get himself somewhere in terms of the ladder, but that's a disgrace. I don't understand that. And to touch on that, yeah, what's what what's like also makes it. I need to stop holding this thing in the camera. What also makes it? Um, it's, it's a toothbrush for my shoes. For anyone, but yeah. But what also <laughs> um, what also makes it a bit detrimental for Sol Campbell is because someone like Macclesfield or like I saw you said Southend and Maxwell, the only only jobs that take are taking him. He's taking those jobs, and they're not, and they might not necessarily be good jobs. And now if he's taking a Southend yeah. job, and they've got relegated, then they need to now. And then, like, and then that, and then it makes him look bad. And like, if he does want to apply, they're gonna be like, "But look at this." So like, it's yeah. and and the argument is, if you give him a better team, let's say you give him, I don't know, let's just say a Leeds for example. I'm not saying he's necessarily going to be the best and get them promoted, but he's got a better chance. You're giving him a chance at least. Like what we're asking for, we're not asking for handouts. We just want to be given a chance. That's all. So like, just give give these guys a chance. Like, like you said, Sol Campbell, England legend, and he started in Macclesfield. Yeah, that, that, make, that doesn't sit right with me. Ashley Cole, I don't know if, maybe Raheem's spoken to Ashley Cole and maybe Ashley Cole's voiced some, you know, wanting to, to become a coach and whatnot. I've not heard that mm. from Ashley Cole in the media or anything like that. Mm. But, you know, let's hope he gets an opportunity at a high level. Because he's the, one of the best left-backs we've ever seen. So yeah, he's got to be at a top club coaching. I'm he's, sorry, he's played. He's played under great managers as well. Exactly. Like, like yeah. yeah, that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be the best coach of all time. Yeah. We know that, but, but his CV is there for him to get the better jobs. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. But anyway, sorry. The, the only thing I could probably say about Sol Campbell that could have maybe put people off is like he's had, like at Junior's playing career. He had like some questionable. Um, Moments like you know when he when he um, when he got subbed off and he just he just left the stadium or something like that. Yeah. So like that you can maybe say oh yeah that maybe that's but that could like put into question his managerial thing. But based on his clout alone and like who he is, he should at least like if he's if he puts his if he says I'm interested in the job, he should at least get looking. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the bare minimum you can do. I've mm-hmm. and like even I, like I'm not trying to. I mean, the second example I can only I think of is, is unfortunate. It's like another black player, and I'm not I'm not trying to do something here, but you can. But I'm, I'm just trying to like trying to show that although some players may have something that you could question, you, they could still get an interview. So someone like Patrick Vieira, maybe even to be fair, Arsenal did Arsenal. I think the second time we did interview him to an extent, but obviously because Arsenal know him and they know his character and everything like that, you could have maybe said there's something they didn't like, but. At the same time, you still were interviewing because, regardless of that, 
there's there's count like I can although I bring up I brought up two black players I'm sure there's like I can't think of anything about Gerald and Lampard because like career wise they had that exceptional career and they were, they were seen as great leaders but okay like some like some, someone like someone like John Terry now like if I'm like obviously we know he's what he's doing at um Aston Villa Aston Villa now but I'm like I'm pretty sure we all know that if like Aston Villa is still doing all right if there's a job opening and John Terry says he's interested. Even if he's not interested, he's gonna get calls and seeing what they like, what they feel like for the job. And I'm sorry, but what like the black marks on John Terry's career are much, much worse than what um the things I mentioned about Patriera and Sol Campbell. Even more so because John Terry was the captain of, of like of Chelsea Even and more to be so this great, because, great bro, teammate. He said and, it. He said it. I'm, you, I'm, you can, I'm, you can see even, the video evidence that even, he said it. Not even, it's not even. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about um, him cheating on with having an affair with with his with his teammate's wife. That's as obviously that's that's worse. But even that, if say say you say you want to play this whole football blind to all this kind of stuff, mm. there's one like something like that in football should never be tolerated because that's 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 breaking like a brotherhood, isn't it? Mm. But yeah, you know, even sorry, even right, like Ryan Giggs, like obviously he's, he's he's the he's the world's manager right now. Like he he gets he gets looking. So like, yeah, like you could like people would bring up excuses about certain players about about their characters and and they it's it's always it's funny because it always seems to be when it's the black player they all that's what they always go to. But when it's like bad attitude, white tra- when it's the white player who who has who has similar things like this or some or even worse because even if we if we sorry I'm going on but if we like if we if we say now Saul Campbell Patrick Vieira and um and what's the last guy I just said and Ashley Cole if we if we put them three up and we say okay John Terry and Ryan Giggs and I can't remember another person right now but even if it's just two against the three, the the two kind of bad things or the blemishes on on those guys' careers are much much worse than than what's on um on on what you call it on on those players. And yet those players will most most definitely get looking for jobs, and the other players will find them much harder. Mm. Yeah, Gideon, do you want to give us your thoughts? Yeah, I echo everything you guys are saying. But it's definitely. I think we can't hide behind the fact that there's definitely an, an inequality going on here because like when you be speak about Saul Campbell at Macclesfield Mac- at League 2, right? I don't even know what Yeah, that, that's... that's Because like, I always... I remember when I saw Frank Lampard get the derby job, I thought, wow. Like, this guy didn't even go as a coach first, assistant manager first. He got straight manager job and I the thought good, he got put in a good position very good position bro to be a to be a manager of a championship side with no previous experience that's a blessed I, I thought that is crazy and now he's the manager of Chelsea off the back of that like that allowed him to showcase something that Chelsea thought we're going to take a punt on this guy because he's worked with young players at um, at, um Derby and he can maybe work with some of the players we've got here so that that helped him but then when you look at someone that's probably on the same kind of pedigree with Lampard, obviously didn't win as many trophies, but both England internationals, England captain, so in Sol Campbell, and he's getting a managerial job of League Two Macassord, it doesn't add up. And I want to know how they base 
what do they base these mm. jobs on? If you have no previous experience, like what is it based on? Because I don't understand mm. what the criteria is. Because the, the Lampard getting that job was very shocking to me. I remember at the time I was thinking, raw. So I want to know what they base it on because it right now these question marks are being asked because we're not understanding the criteria. Because if we understood the criteria, maybe we're jumping the gun. Maybe maybe it might be a racial thing. But right now it look it, it looks like it. It looks like there's a big inequality here. And we just I just want to understand why. Like what is it? So yeah, that's 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 my piece on it. Do you know what I was thinking? Um, like you said, Steve, it, it is a step in the right direction in terms of having Black Lives Matter on the back of their kit. But I don't think it's enough because the FA have let us down so many times over the year, over the years. Sorry, not over the year, over the years. There's been so many issues that are just not dealt with properly, in my opinion, and. I just feel like, yeah, you're doing Black Lives Matter on the back of T-shirts, but what's that going to do? Yeah, you've got the kick it out T-shirts that you wear, but what are you do? What is that going to do? When players are getting racially abused, they should lock off the match. They should actually lock off the match. Stop the match. If someone's but doing do monkey signs at Sterling, someone's doing monkey signs at Ndombele, stop the match. Go on. Now, what I was going to say is, do you not feel like a lot of organisations, for example, the FA, the Premier League, I think they can all acknowledge that they have turned a blind eye to this. 100%. I think, I think, I think they, I think they, they've acknowledged that now, and we can only hope that from now onwards, because of what happened with George Floyd, I genuinely think he's he's changed the world. By the way, like I think his death is actually revolutionary. Like a lot of things are definitely going to change. So, do we not hope and and see that from anything from this point onwards, after they use the Black Lives Matter on the shirts and stuff like that? Anything that that is to do with racism, they deal with it more harshly and they take it more seriously. Because so. that's I all we can so. that's all we can hope on. Because I don't think it's too fair. Actually, of course it's fair. Actually, yeah, we've got to hold them account for what they did before. But I don't think it's fair to to use that as a blemish on what they're trying to do now. Because I think they, I hope anyway that they're, they're trying to make a change. And I'm, through that change, I'm give, I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt that okay, cool, you put this under the shirt, you're trying to raise awareness. But raising awareness now also means that when something like this happens, how are you going to deal with it? You see, if they deal with it in a manner, sorry, if they deal with it in a manner that makes sense, like as in locking off the the game, banning people, suspensions, like even like some proper harsh um stuff, then I can say that they're really trying to kick this out of the game. They're really trying to that say that no to racism. But they wasn't doing that before, so we can only hope that obviously this this will improve. Yeah, that's that's I share the same sentiment. However, where you said you give them benefit of the doubt, I don't give them benefit of the doubt because they should have been dealing with issues before. They should have yeah, been. But, like, what, but when when no, one no, player's I, getting when one player's getting fined, one player's getting fined, flipping X amount for I don't know for like biting a player for doing something stupid, and then for for an actual racist incident. What like what do they do? They find them what like that like piss change. It's it's just it's oh, yeah, it's racist. Forget for betting. It's it's annoying. It's an yeah, no no no. Daniel Sturridge, bro. Yeah yeah yeah. Like yeah. how can he get more than other players again for racism? Like what? Where do your priorities lie? Do you know what I'm saying? So like, but, but I can't give them. Sorry, yeah, but this is sorry. This yeah, is the reason why <laughs> I I I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt because they don't have to for me. The generic thing, what they could have done was, yeah, we stand in solidarity, put out a tweet, maybe said something before the game, and that's it. They didn't have to put the names at the back. They didn't have to do any of that. We wouldn't even have expect. I didn't expect them to do that. So when I'm seeing that they're act- actively doing that, 
off, off the back of no pressure, by the way. I don't think they were pressurized to do that. No, they must have they felt that they want to do I that. I think, of course, I don't they think are. they were. I don't I think, think they, they were pressed to put, the, to put the names on the back. Not maybe the name was on the back, but to do something or but, to say something. Yeah, yeah, to say something. Yeah, they could have. Yeah, but they've done that already. But mm. to put the names on the back makes me feel like okay, wait, maybe they actually are. Yeah, they're trying to stand in solidarity with us and they're trying to do something. So that's why I say I give them the benefit of the doubt because they've gone out their way here. So now, hopefully, when something does arise again, hopefully nothing arises again and racism dies, but the likelihood of that happening is very, very slim. So Mm. when probably something happens again, I give them the benefit of the doubt that they will deal with it much better because then there's no point of doing what they did. There's no point of putting a Black Lives Matter on the back I of the show. So. I really if, hope so. so. I really hope so. Yeah, you just got to see. How they handled it in the past was an absolute joke. But I think they know that. I, I hope they know that anyway. When players are getting racially abused and you lot are saying, yeah, they should play on, show that they're, show their character by winning the match. The hell are you talking about? Yeah, that's nuts. Get them off the pitch. Get them off the pitch. Like... How can you be racially like you're black? You're just black. <laughs> Do you get it? Like we didn't choose to be black. We're just trying to. The people are just trying to do their job, and they're getting abused. Bananas, monkey signs, uh, Nazi signs. What is that? But then, but then, but then, but then, what happens if? Imagine you're getting pumped seven 0 by City, yeah. And um, you want this game called off. You, walk off you, want, this game, you want this game called you off. off. You start you start racially abusing the players, and then the ref says, "Right, that's it. The game's called off." Mm. Like fans are going to use it as a mechanism to try ruin football, that's and I fine. think sometimes what, what the FA are trying to do is not giving them the satisfaction. No, because no, no, if no, they no. always no, there is a thin line here. Understand mm. what I'm trying to say? If if they always act every single time about like put like the game's done, that's it. Walk off the pitch every single mm. time racism happens. Some mm. games will never ever get finished because racism then, is real. Then so be it. Then so be it. No, but then how do you stop people from being racist? Like, let's have it right. It's it's a societal problem. It is a societal problem. So my point is... bigger than football. Yeah, my my point is, I don't see what... The Premier League... Like, is it feasible for every single time race or abuse happens to pull the whole game off? I don't don't, don't know if that's feasible. It's it's bigger than football. So you're not going to lock off racism. It's impossible. Like you said earlier, like, racism is not just going to go away tomorrow. But they have to show that they're very serious about racial problems. If someone is being racially abused, they're going to lock off the game. You're going to ruin it for everyone else here. That's it, game done. We need to get to a point where it's like, people, they fear being racist because there's going to be yeah, being racist. No, I mean, fear no, I know what you're racist because there's repercussions. Right. right now, you can go to a football game, you could do uh, all of that and the game will continue and you know nothing's really going to happen. They get away with it. We need to put in firm repercussions to racism. We need to show that we're serious about it. You know what? I'm torn because I fully understand what you're saying. I fully do. And I the thing is, yeah, it's, it's, it's either that or do nothing. So it's, it's better that sometimes, we do that. Sometimes doing nothing, I don't want to sound mad here because I'm not, I can't. Yeah, which is fine because I don't, I slightly don't even agree with what I'm trying to say, but I'm just trying to pose a point as in what someone would Doing nothing sometimes potentially makes it seem like what they're doing is kind of irrelevant. Like, we're not giving them the satisfaction of, oh, I was racist, so the game's pulled off kind of thing. So if if every single time we acted on when they did something, it's like we're giving them the satisfaction of getting the reaction out of us or getting the reaction of getting the game called off. Because there are some sick guys out there that would love the attention or would love to be, be, be the cause of this happening. But if they're just getting ignored, then you're just doing it for no reason kind of thing. That's the other side of... 
I know, no, I, I fully get you. I'm not even saying that's what I believe, but I'm saying that's kind of like the other side of it. As in, if every single time someone was racist and the game got pulled off, then boy, like I just feel no like games, games <laughs> no won't get finished because yeah, I think that's, racism is completely fan. No fans. The Premier yeah. League, the Premier League, are never gonna hear that. No, but yeah, that's, that's the one. That, that's the one I agree with. No fans. No fans. Okay. Like something's got to give. Yeah, something's no got to give. Do you get it? Five games, no fans. Like you, yeah. you, you we hear racism. Yeah, okay. No, no fans for five games. Yeah, that, that I mean, is a very I mean, good. To, I mean, to be fair, they, they do, they do like try and do the whole lifetime ban thing, where they like try and yeah. identify the players. Yeah, stuff but like how how effective? I mean, oh, the no so, fans thing is a very good idea because no one's gonna want to do that because these diehard guys what, that go to the goes to goes to matches. When I, say, when I yeah. say there's got to be repercussions, something like that. They, I'm not saying yeah, what that I'm saying is necessarily right, but you need to put sense. a deterrent in for yeah, these people. Yeah, that yeah, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I think pulling off the whole game every single time is kind of mad, but no fans, yeah, makes sense. But then that will have impl- oh, well, there's yeah, always going to be implications. Whatever the implications yeah, yeah, yeah. are, don't be racist in it. Yeah. That's that's it. Like you don't yeah. come to a football bro, match and, and disclaimer. Yeah, disclaimer. I'm not saying I'm not giving these people any sort of, like, room Ideas. to be racist. I'm just saying that, like, we have to... There has to be a balance of how we can kind of, like, let the game could still continue, but also punish these guys. I think Steve's saying no fans is a very good idea because the game still does go on, but then they have taken a severe punishment for it, and it will have an impact on their team that they support. So... Yeah, but I don't condone racism at all. Like, I just want to make... Because it might seem like I'm just trying to like find excuses for them. I'm not. But it's just like, I'm just trying to make it a balanced argument. I don't want it to make it seem like... It has to be feasible as well, what we're, what we're, what we're um, trying to say. So, yeah, that's... Man, it's, it's, it's never... It's, it's, is it ever going to die, man? I hope that we'll come to a point where it's just love and peace in the world, isn't it? Like everyone, no one cares about your skin colour, but... Yeah, honestly, it's draining, man. It's draining to like open mm. up your social media and then like seeing so much not negativity but like it's sad. It's just sad. It is draining, especially when you can't go anywhere as well. <laughs> yeah, it's not so, been it's not been great. It's, it's not, not been great. great. Fortunately, we do have football to kind of try and get our minds off of all that kind of stuff. Um, I think that brings us nicely to the end of the podcast. Have we missed anything out? Anything anyone else wants to bring up or? No, we've covered what we wanted to cover. Yeah, where's, the, where's the Champions yeah. League coming back? They haven't actually confirmed yet. But yeah, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. I to also also to, to get to the semi. Sorry, sorry, sorry. My connection went. Sorry, just continue. Said again. Just continue. Just continue. Yes, I expect Arsenal to get to the semis. I, I was about to include that at the point when I was talking about Arsenal, but it's fine. Oh, what's the FA Cup? Yeah, yeah. Just continue, bro. Thank you all for listening. It's the wrap up for episode 130. We'll be back next week reviewing the first match of Premier League games. I think we've got the Merseyside derby, uh, Spurs, Spurs United, and obviously City and Arsenal. So some of the big games coming up this week. But yeah, um, please interact with us. Instagram, we're sort of we're sort of back. Twitter. The Weekly Canon, hashtag The Weekly Canon. Interact with us. Let us know what you thought on some of the points we went through this week. What kids had to say about United. Uh, what we had to say about Are you trying Arsenal. to make them come, to, come for me, bro? No, no. No, because <laughs> no, obviously, you know, United fans are optimistic at the moment. So, 
Yeah, we're just trying to find balance anyway. But and also what we have to say about um, the Premier League and, and Black Lives Matter as well. So please get involved and let us know how you think what you think, sorry. Instant is two the TWC football, by the way. Exactly. But yeah, we'll be back next week. Things are getting back to normal. So yeah, have a great week. Take care and thank you for listening. Take care, guys. Thank you. Thank you.